If we could turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I really want to try to run through this and, 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 and finish, but I'd like to introduce it as a kind of an understanding. How many of you have ever had a disagreement with somebody? And everybody's like, you know, today, <laughs> this morning maybe. Well, you know, sometimes the disagreements are so strong you need somebody to intervene with, you know, for you. Somebody like an intermediary to come and help you. Sometimes those disagreements are so strong that you need help. Um, the relationship is broken and you need help. And, you know, it, it, it's almost like in business when you have a big business offering a deal. They offer a deal written down and everything, all the details and all that. And there's a deadline and they have it. An, uh, a person take it, a courier take it. And that courier takes that message, that deal. And the person that receives it, reads it, thinks about it, and can do one of two things. They can accept it or they can reject it. And really what we're talking about is our biggest relationship in the world. The best relationship ever is our relationship with God. It's broken. Our relationship with God was broken because of our sin. And so he sent somebody to die for us. And he sealed the deal in a way that would be so incredible. He sent people to tell us about the deal. Now we send people to tell other people about the deal. And this morning I asked how many of you remember who told you about Jesus? Uh, who was the one that would led you to the Lord? And it's so cool when I do that because there's some people that, oh, it was my pastor. And the pastor's like, yeah, that's what I do. But it's not his job. It's his pleasure. You understand that? It's not his job to lead people to the Lord. And even an evangelist, it's not his job to lead the Lord, although it is. It's his pleasure. What, what's really interesting is as we dive into this chapter 5, verse 14, this is what happens when somebody really gets saved and really cares about others. It says here in verse 14, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. You know, you've heard that Jesus died for all. Jesus, uh, John the Baptist said, Here's the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of just a few people. No, the world. He died for all. And so then, if you think he died for all, so that means all are dead in their sin. All of us have a problem, and the problem um, is our sin, you know. Jesus paid for the sin, and God is offering the best deal ever, the deal of the century, you could call it, that you can accept for free eternal life. And that's the message. It's simple, and it can be complicated. It's very profound if you really think about it. But um, that's what it is. And what is it that the love of Christ constraineth us. That means that Jesus loves us so much and that we now love other people so much. You know, I shared this morning that, you know, we love the Mexican people enough that I'm going to go and be there. It's difficult to live there. Honestly, every missionary that goes to a difficult foreign field, they'll say, it's difficult to live there, but it's okay. It's worth it. Does that make sense when I say it's worth it? How many of you have gone through something and you're like, oh, that was hard, but it's worth it. That's what we do all the time. Verse 15 says, 15, 16, he says, and that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him that died for them and rose again. Wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yet after, although we have known Christ after the flesh, we now henceforth know him no more. 
Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Things, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You know, when somebody accepts that deal from God, when somebody says, yes, I want to receive Jesus, they are changed. Now, there are some people that are changed, like maybe they were a horrible person, a drug addict or a murderer or something, and they accept Christ, and they're changed, and everybody's like, wow, that was a big change. But what about some of us who were a good person? But I was still a sinner. Maybe you were a good person, but you're, you were still a sinner. You know what? There's an old saying that says, good people don't go to heaven. Only saved people go to heaven. And, you know, we need to get that through our heads that it doesn't matter if, you know, Aunt somebody or other is a nice lady. If she doesn't have Jesus, she's not going to heaven. And it's tough to think that way, but that's how God thinks. So we got to think the way God thinks on this. There's always a change. And the change might be subtle or it might be drastic, but there's always a change. There was one guy that I talked to and he says, I don't think I'm saved. And I said, well, why not? Have you prayed to receive Jesus? Yeah, I did that. And he says, well, then why don't you think you're saved? And he goes, I sinned again. And I go, well, that happens. I said, but tell me this. What did you think of sin before? Oh, it was great. That's what he said. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> And I said, what, did, what do you think of sin now? I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. There's a change. There's a change internal. Sometimes it's our desires change. Sometimes it's our view of the world changes. Sometimes our view of God changes. But there's always a change. Always a change. Verse 18 says, And the, all the things of, uh, are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. I love that right there. Who hath reconciled us to himself. What he's saying is he did it all. We didn't have to participate in the plan other than accept the plan. And that's the neat thing. God did everything so that anybody on the planet could be saved. And he's offering it to everybody. And the neat thing about that. Is it right here in the second part of that verse? And hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Those of us who have accepted Christ, like I said this morning, te toca. That means you're it. Yeah, you've accepted Christ, but now you're it. You're the one to take the gospel to somebody. Now, it might be you personally talking to your neighbor, you personally talking to your family members, you personally talking to your coworkers or somebody at Walmart, or maybe you just meet somebody on the street and you talk, start talking to them. You know, that might be it. God's going to put in your heart certain people to talk to. And if you say, well, I'm not sure I want to do that. Are you kidding me? You could be the one to show them how to get to heaven. What is better than that? I like ice cream, but I would rather lead somebody to the Lord than have ice cream, okay? The ministry of reconciliation extends through your church. Y'all support missionaries in total, all over the world. The ministry of reconciliation, it's a ministry. That means that we are serving, that we are giving ourselves in this aspect. Whatever part you have in the ministry of reconciliation, I'll tell you, it takes three things. You pray, you give, and you go, okay? That should be like the theme for everybody in the world. You pray. Number one, you pray and you ask God what to do. You know? If you're saved and you're praying and asking God, for somebody that you know that's not saved. You need to include in your prayer, help me to have the words. Right. You know, if you're just praying, Lord, get my sister saved because she's not saved, 
but you never volunteer to God to be the one to lead or the Lord? That's kind of weird. Honestly, we should be willing to participate in that. Now, what if you're saying, oh, there's people in another foreign country and they, they, they really need to hear about Jesus. Is that God prompting you? Now, I'm not saying he's prompting you to go. I mean, everybody could go somewhere, but it's a special calling to go to a foreign field. But what if God was to say, give a little bit of extra money that you have that you use for pizza and donuts or something, you know? Or don't go to the movies anymore. Instead, send the money to missionaries. Could happen, you know? God could put it in your heart. But the pray and the give is to give whatever God tells you to give. Honestly, God's going to bless somebody who wants to be a blessing to missionaries. You know what? He's going to do it. And then go. Where you go depends on what God tells you to. But where he guides, he provides, right? So if you're called of God to go to be a missionary to a foreign field, talk to pastor and he'll help you figure it out. I mean, Brother Tolbert knows how, how, to, how to send out missionaries. He's done it, you know? He knows what to do. Verse 19 says, To wit, God was, uh, God was in Christ, meaning by Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. It's saying that when Jesus died for our sins, yeah, it's, it's over. You are no longer, uh, uh, we'll say, responsible or guilty for all those sins that you had, have committed. And thank God for that. But what it does say is it says now we have the word of reconciliation, which is the gospel. We're supposed to take it. If somebody's in charge of that, they're, they're not supposed to just say, oh, well, I got it. What did Lori's song say? It's not just for me we got to share it. And share it with who? Let God guide you. Let God be the one to share with you who he wants you to share him with. Does that make sense? Verse 20 says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. If you think of the word ambassador... What is the first thing you think of? Like countries, right? Ambassador of the United States goes to Mexico. Ambassador of Mexico goes to... And you know what? An ambassador cannot make it up. He takes a message. He can't just make up his own thing. He can't just say, do whatever you want. No, he's taking the message and presenting it. How many of us are ambassadors of Christ? We are taking the message and we can't change it, can't add to it, we can't subtract from it. We are taking God's message. Amen. Now, some of us live God's message in our lifestyles, and that helps. You know, if you don't, have never considered that, the way we behave ourselves in the world is part of God's message. If there wasn't a change in us, maybe nobody believes that there will be a change in them. So us taking the message, we're going to be ambassadors for Christ. Verse 21 says, he, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that he might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know what? It's almost like an unfair trade. Jesus became sin and we became righteous. That's not very fair. <laughs> Why did he do that? Because he loves us. He loves us so much that he would die for us. Wives, all of your husbands would say, I will die for you if necessary. You know that? Y'all know that? Your husband would die for you if necessary. Jesus did the same for us. 
Verse 1 of chapter 6 says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. It's not just about me. If I get saved, I'm saved for good works, the, the Bible says. We are supposed to do things now that we're saved that will help other people get saved. Now, is that part of maybe Discipleship 101? Probably. <laughs> if we're saved, we should be doing stuff for God, serving the Lord so that others can see that. It could be a big difference in somebody's life if you approach them from the aspect of we're both, we, we both are hungry, but I know where the bread is. I want to share with you where the bread is. I want to share with you the best thing that ever happened to me, my salvation. Isn't that awesome? You guys could do that and somebody else could get saved and then they're going to be the one to thank you for sharing the gospel with them. Verse 2 says, For he hath said, I have heard thee, and I am accepted in the day of salvation, and I have secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know what? Every one of us knows when we got saved, if we're saved. If you say, well, it was through a whole bunch of years, and, you know, I just, you know, I just kind of became saved. That doesn't, that's not how it works. There was a day where you said, yes, I will accept Jesus and most of us know the date, the fetch, the, the, in English, the date. <laughs> I almost said fecha. <laughs> fecha is Spanish, so okay. If I do that, just, just act, act normal. <laughs> the date. Most, most of us know the date. I don't know the date, but I can tell you exactly where I was, exactly what I was doing. The moment I got saved, I know. And you do too. If you're truly saved, if you're like, well, it was kind of sometime, I don't remember. Then it probably didn't really happen. Get it right. There is a day of salvation for everybody. Right, Verse 3, giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. You know what's interesting about that? There's people that say, well, the gospel is offensive. Yes, but you shouldn't be. <laughs> you know what? When we're sharing the gospel, we should be sharing the love of Christ. Right, and then when they get saved, that's a genuine salvation. No, Not out of fear, not out of you know, anything else, but they have just had an experience, a spiritual experience that they know that they're saved because of the love of Christ. Now, if I go and I be obnoxious, I don't even get past the, hello, how are you? You know, being obnoxious only closes their ears. The Bible's very clear on that. We should share the gospel. We should be, um, have an ardent desire to share the gospel, but let's not be obnoxious. That doesn't help anybody. You know, if you can be happy and, and share with them something pleasant and say that God loves you so much that he wants you to be saved, then maybe they'll listen, you know? The next few verses talk about the cost. Paul was put in jail. Paul was beaten. Paul had a whole bunch of stuff happen to him. And he said at the end, it was worth it. There's guys that have been dog bit and visitation, and they say it was worth it. You know, there's people that uh, have had all kinds of experiences and they say it was worth it. If somebody didn't say it was worth it for you, you wouldn't be saved. So I want to I wanna do something. Okay, I'm going to give you... I'm, 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 <laughs> I almost don't know what to do. You guys are like family to us, so I feel a little more open to do this. Uh, I want to see how many of you know a person that's not saved. Okay, those of you who know a person that's not saved, stand up.
And we're going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to pray for that person, although I don't know they are, who they are. And I'm going to pray for you because it's important that we do this. That you understand we need to pray for people that aren't saved. And we need to submit to God and say, send me, here am I.